1: An unprecedented disaster in California. Firefighters struggle to contain dozens of wildfires as parts of the state are engulfed in flames. Fire shoots 100 feet into the air. Smoke and embers turn the daytime sky into night as some are forced to drive through the blaze to get out.
0: These are the kinds of unbelievable conditions that rescuers are facing.
1: And news of firefighters injured, at least one critical, how they saved themselves from the blaze. Breaking news, the Rochester police chief and his command suddenly retire the same day the family of Daniel Prude sues for the handling of his death. Eight weeks until election day, as the president hits two battleground states, how his campaign blew through $800 million. Will President Trump help fund his own reelection campaign? Plus, a new poll shows it's a dead heat in the crucial state of Florida. Back to school means back to online learning for millions of students, as we learn 70,000 new cases of coronavirus in children over the last two weeks. Vaccine promise. Drug makers pledge safety over politics, but are Americans ready to roll up their sleeves? A new poll says not so fast. History on the court. What's so special about the U.S. Open quarterfinals this year? Here's a hint three of the women also go by mom. And a father and son serve up kindness in the toughest of times.
2: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital.
1: Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight in California where dozens of wildfires are now raging out of control in what's being described as an unprecedented disaster. 39 million Americans are under red flag warnings as we come on the air tonight. And there's growing fear that scorching temperatures and high winds will only make the situation worse in the coming days. Now, much of the West Coast is now in the danger zone as powerful gusts of hot, dry air are fueling blazes, all the way from the Canadian border down to San Diego. Tonight, the town of Malden, Washington, has been virtually wiped off the map after flames ripped through the fire station, City Hall, and most of the homes there. But nowhere are things more dire than outside of Fresno, where what's being called the Creek Friar exploded so quickly, it's being described as in a class by itself. Now, tonight, the National Guard is working around the clock frantically, airlifting out hundreds of people who had been camping in the mountains. And are now stranded by the flames and power is being shut off for hundreds of thousands of people living in the area as crews try to stop electrical equipment from sparking even more fires. Now, there's also some breaking news that is just coming in from one of the major late stage trials of a coronavirus vaccine. The drug maker AstraZeneca says tonight it has put its study on hold while it looks into what appears to be an unexplained illness in one of the people participating in the test of the vaccine. So there's a lot of new reporting to get to tonight. We've got our team of correspondents standing by to cover it all. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti is going to lead off our coverage from the landing zone, where the National Guard is still staging those dramatic rescues tonight. Good evening, Jonathan.
0: Uh, good evening to you, Nora. The National Guard is still making those air rescues. One, in fact, is returning right now. They've been doing so for more than 12 hours. Nothing about battling this blaze has come easy. Tonight, the Creek Fire is being called an unprecedented disaster, spiraling flames in all directions we saw it firsthand. These are the kinds of unbelievable conditions that rescuers are facing and why they simply can't get to those campers that are trapped deep inside this forest. Campgrounds had been packed on a Labor Day weekend that quickly became a nightmare. Just wanted to show you if if we make it out of this, there's fire on all sides, all around us, all the roads. The California National Guard made some rescues, but had to abort several more with the fire still too treacherous. Finally, today came the break they needed. Look. This was Mary Breckenridge hearing for the first time from her son, John, that all was OK. He was aboard a Chinook helicopter. Three days of anxiety and despair melting away in an instant. John and his dog, Banner, safely rescued.
3: You know, my cabin
1: is probably on fire, our cabin.
0: But this is what's
1: important.
0: The wildfires burning throughout the West are especially destructive this year. Scientists say they're fueled by climate change. The fire's now ripping through several states, leaving a path of immeasurable destruction. This fire exploding in Utah. Others racing through the Pacific Northwest in the small community of Malden, Washington. Approximately 90% of the town is completely gone. Including the city hall, fire station, and the post office. Flames still visible hours after the fire raced through. Pushed by 50 mile per hour winds. Residents getting out just in time. Back at the Creek Fire, pilots made eight trips today, rescuing 120 people. The winds are about to pick up again. The fire's still out of control. But for so many families, this is all that matters. What do you have to say for the pilots? Oh. They are
3: modern-day superheroes.
0: And that latest chopper just landed. The other superheroes here are firefighters. And tonight we're learning, 14 firefighters had to deploy fire shields in those Padres National Forest. Those shields are metallic shields against the flames. We're told that three of them were injured. One is in critical condition. Nora.
1: We're praying for their safe recovery. Thank you, Jonathan. And now to that breaking news from Rochester, New York, where tonight the chief of police and several of his top officers have suddenly stepped down. Now it comes as the family of Daniel Prude, who died after being restrained by Rochester police, files a wrongful death lawsuit against the chief, the city, and the officers involved. We get more now from CBS's Juica Duncan.
4: We want to make sure that uh, Mr. Proof's
3: death changes how we do policing in this city.
5: That was Rochester, New York Police Chief LaRon Singletary at a press conference on Sunday. Now, just days after being accused of misleading the mayor of Rochester, he's announced his retirement, releasing this statement. As a man of integrity, I will not sit idly by while outside entities attempt to destroy my character. The events over the past week are an attempt to destroy my character and integrity. Get on the ground. Get on the ground. Last Wednesday, police body camera video from March showed Daniel Prude being arrested and restrained by several Rochester police officers. Seven days after that encounter, Prude died. His death was ruled a homicide caused by complications of asphyxia in the setting of physical restraint. The hallucinogenic PCP was listed as a contributing factor.
2: feels pretty cold.
5: Mayor Lovely Warren suspended the seven officers she says were involved in the arrest. She initially said the police chief told her back in March that Prude's death was being investigated as a drug overdose. Late today, the mayor held a news conference. Chief Singletary will remain in charge of the department through the end of the month, and I know that he and
3: the officers will fulfill their duties.
5: Even the deputy chief announced his plans to retire, and the mayor says she expects more officers will follow suit. Protesters will be out for the seventh straight night today, some of them calling this move and news of the chief leaving necessary. Nora.
1: Jerika Duncan, thank you. We've got more now on that breaking news on a possible COVID vaccine. Testing has been paused for one of the leading candidates developed by Oxford University and AstraZeneca. Now, this comes as the CEOs of nine drug makers today vowed not to bow to pressure in seeking approval for their vaccines before they've been properly tested. CBS's Adriana Diaz joins us now. And Adriana, so what's the news? Why are they pausing this trial?
4: Well, Nora, good evening. Tonight, drug maker AstraZeneca said that a participant in that phase three trial in the UK actually had an adverse effect to its vaccine. So they're putting that trial, which is also taking place here in the U.S., on hold. And this just underscores the importance of widespread human testing in phase three trials before any vaccine goes to market. Nine of the leading vaccine makers stated what should be obvious, that they'll adhere to high scientific and ethical standards. But in an unusual show of scientific solidarity, they also promised to pursue phase three clinical trials before the approval of any vaccine, a step Russia and China skipped, adding, we believe this pledge will help ensure public confidence. Here's why. A recent CBS News poll found that just 21% of voters say they would get a vaccine as soon as it's available, down from 32% in July. Another study found that 78% worry that politics, not science, is driving the vaccine approval process. The president has said that a vaccine could be ready by election day, but today, Dr. Deborah Burks denied any political fast-tracking. The American public should be assured there are no shortcuts in the vaccine development part. Yet on the ground, Dr. Richard Novak, who's leading the Chicago site of Moderna's phase three trial, says he is feeling pressure to move quickly or potentially get shut down. Do you have any sense that that pressure is for political reasons or you're being asked to cut corners?
0: There there is some political pressure. uh, And um, uh, fortunately, I feel like we've been mostly shielded from it.
4: If you are feeling some political pressure to move things along quickly, are Americans right to be skeptical?
0: I think Americans do have a right to be skeptical. But uh, if this process is allowed to complete, I'm very confident that we'll have a safe and effective or multiple safe and effective vaccines.
4: Dr. Novak told us that that pressure comes from having to enroll as many participants as quickly as possible. The more participants a trial has, the faster scientists may be able to tell if it works. And the FDA could even approve a vaccine before a phase three trial is complete. Nora.
1: A very informative interview, Adriana Diaz. Thank you total coronavirus cases in the u.s now top 6.3 million the virus has killed more than hundred and eighty nine thousand americans and there's disturbing news tonight about the number of children testing positive more than 70,000 kids were diagnosed in the last two weeks just as school is starting here's cbs's omar via franca
2: from arizona to new york thousands of students returned to school today for in-person classes on long island Parents seemed nervous and excited as they dropped their children off. In Richardson, Texas, students lined up for temperature checks before entering the building. Forrester Elementary in San Antonio is usually packed with 850 kids. But this morning, only 53 opted for in-person classes. Kelly Mantle is the principal.
4: Today, you know, I feel like they're just a little... Um, off balance maybe a little bit with the rooms looking different, everybody wearing masks. But I think it it is going to become a new norm for a little while and children are going to get used to it and we're getting used to it every day that goes by. At some
2: school districts, virtual learning came to a virtual halt this morning as technical glitches kept thousands from logging in. As schools move towards in-person learning, new numbers show more than half a million U.S. children have tested positive for the virus since the spring. Those numbers have some teachers worried. In suburban Phoenix, the first day of in-person classes was canceled at Cactus Shadow High School after teachers called in sick. In New York, new cases are up more than 25 percent compared to two weeks ago. And with New York City schools preparing for in-person classes in a few weeks, Governor Andrew Cuomo is trying to quell parents' fears.
5: We're going to have a COVID report card for every school in the state.
2: Going to class made it to the courtroom in Iowa. The Des Moines public school system wanted to start the school year 100% online. The state wanted kids in the school. Well, today in Iowa, a court ruled that the state sets the rules. Nora.
1: Marvia Franca, thank you. The stock market took another hit today, largely to blame tech stocks. The Dow dropped more than 600 points today, a little more than 2%. That's its worst three-day stretch since June. The Nasdaq fell 10% over the past three days, three trading days, rather, meaning the index has just entered correction territory. Tonight, President Trump is facing pushback from both a top military leader and his leading COVID expert after he made questionable claims at a Labor Day press conference. The president is also dealing with an unexpected cash crunch as the campaign enters the final stretch. CBS's Weijia Zhang is traveling with the president in North Carolina. With the presidential campaign after Labor Day
6: considered a sprint to the finish, President Trump and Joe Biden are questioning each other's physical and mental fitness.
5: Joe doesn't have the strength. He doesn't have the mental capability to control these people.
0: Look at how he steps and look how I step. Watch how I run up ramps and he stumbles down ramps, Okay? Both
6: campaigns will crisscross the country this week, hoping to get an edge in the key battleground states. The president started in Florida today.
0: I'm thrilled to be back
6: where a new poll shows he and Biden are deadlocked in the crucial state. The Trump campaign and Republican National Committee are burning through cash, having already spent more than $830 million. The president said he's ready to dip into his own pockets.
0: If I have to, I'll do it here, but
6: we don't have to. Mr. Trump also appears to be banking on an approved coronavirus vaccine as a possible October surprise.
0: So we're going to have a vaccine very soon, maybe even before a very special date.
6: Today, Dr. Anthony Fauci was less optimistic. But
0: it's unlikely that we'll have a definitive answer at that time, more likely by the end of the year.
6: The president's recent remarks about the military are under fire, too, after denying multiple reports that he called fallen soldiers losers and suckers.
0: I'm not saying the military is in love with me. The soldiers are. The top people in the Pentagon probably aren't because they want to do nothing but fight wars so that all of those wonderful companies that make the bombs and make the planes and make everything else stay happy.
6: Army Chief of Staff James McConville pushed back against the claim that military officials are motivated by business deals. The senior leaders would
0: only recommend sending our troops to combat when it's required the national security and, and the last resort.
6: President Trump won the state of North Carolina in 2016 by almost four percentage points. Tonight, his visit here is his third one in as many weeks. That's because the race is so tight that our CBS News battleground tracker considers it a toss up.
1: Nora. All right. Weijing, thank you. Millions who live in the Rocky Mountains are dealing with severe weather whiplash tonight. After hitting triple digits over the weekend, temperatures have plunged by almost 70 degrees in parts of Colorado, where it snowed today. Denver saw its biggest September snowstorm in two decades. Parts of Wyoming and Montana also got snow. In Utah, wind gusts were clocked at over 100 miles an hour. There are some new guidelines out today that say children should get a flu vaccine by the end of October. That's right. The American Academy of Pediatrics says with the combined threat of flu and COVID this season, it's more important than ever for kids over six months old to get vaccinated. Each year, about 80 percent of children who die from the flu are not vaccinated. And the March of the Moms continues at the U.S. Open Tennis Tournament. Serena Williams, Victoria Azarenka, and Svetlana Peronkova made history as the first trio of mothers to reach the quarterfinals of the same Grand Slam event. All three players have children under the age of four. Nine moms were in the tournament when it began last week. Go Moms! The toughest times bring out the best in some people. Case in point, the father and son you're about to meet. Here's CBS's Maria Villarreal. Good morning. From 8 to 11, Keith Branch passes out meals.
2: I'll give you two just in case you want to air you one later, okay?
3: Nourishment for the body and soul while remembering the golden rule and his faith.
2: He's not going to be thrilled with me when I don't do what I'm supposed to
3: do. Branch works with Kids Bring Life, a nonprofit intended to feed children facing food insecurity. However, with the pandemic and a stalled economy, millions of families find themselves in need of food. So Kids Bring Life began feeding children young and old. Give them to come in, Keith. Branch and his 15-year-old son, Keith, give out 50 meals a day, five days a week, the organization has 40 locations around Dallas. Janelle Hicks is their operations manager. How many a day? We are doing about two to 3,000 a day. I see more people that are just thankful. Some people that are using money for bills. Now, they don't have to use it on the food.
2: How many meals
7: did he?
3: How does it make you feel?
7: It makes me feel
3: The coronavirus has given Keith Branch and his son the opportunity to practice what they preach by doing unto others while serving human kindness and love.
4: If you
2: just believe that God put you out here for a purpose, you're going to inspire somebody. You have a blessed day, okay?
3: A gold standard we could all live by. Mireya Villarreal,
1: CBS News, Dallas. We all can be inspired by the branches. Get excited. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, we'll meet a real trailblazer who's about to become one of the first female eagle scouts and if you can't watch us live don't forget to set your dvr so you can watch us later that is tonight cbs evening news i'm nora o'donnell in the nation's capital we'll see you right back here tomorrow good night
7: it was the biggest scandal in pop music the stars of millie the grammy winning multi-platinum and phenomenon were exposed as frauds but none of this was their idea so whose idea was it